This, this is Brock and Salk. Brock Ewart is my hero. Jay Buter just punched me in the kidney. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. On Seattle Sports. Oh, we're going to do you a minute. It doesn't really work that way, Sherm. This is a show that has my name on it. It kind of does, though. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen and Ballard. Now, here are your hosts, Brock Ewart and Mike Salk. Hello! It is such an odd challenge the Seahawks face right now where their biggest need by far is defensive tackle. And it's just not really available. I mean, you look around, Brock, there just aren't a lot of guys that fit what they need most. And that's not to say they don't have other needs or that they shouldn't be, you know, looking at the defensive end and the and the you know edge market. They should. They could use a wide receiver. They could use an offensive guard. They could use a center. I mean, like, there's a lot of things they need. Like most teams, it's not like they only have one need. Mm-hmm. They obviously need linebackers. But without the big fellas up front, your walruses that you love to talk about so much, yep. yeah, that that's a really big challenge for me to figure out how they're going to do it. And so I can kind of come up with four ways they could handle this. Okay? All right. One, you could piece it together, which is sort of what they tried to do last year. It's absolutely what they tried to do last year. It didn't work, but you can try it. You can bring back Al Woods and hope that he can stay healthy. Uh, you can go and, and get one of the, you know, a guy like you mentioned, Greg Gaines or somebody like that. People, you know, you can draft somebody who's second tier and, and try to piece it together up front mm-hmm. with better edge players and better linebackers. Hard to do that in this division, man. And I think it was exposed a little bit. And San Francisco's not going anywhere. The run game's not going anywhere. So, yeah. Yeah, so hard. I don't like that plan, but that's that's one, okay? Yeah. So you can attempt to just piece it together. Two, you can go spend some money in free agency. You can when when things open up an hour from now for the legal tampering period, you can you could get off the private jet in, well, I don't know if he's in Philadelphia or wherever Javon Hargrave makes home and mm-hmm. say, we need you. We're willing to make, we're willing to pay for it. You are what we need before we go and get Bobby Wagner, whoever else to play linebacker. We need a stud up front and you're that guy and go try to bring him to Seattle. Yep. And there's a double challenge with that. A, uh, the challenge of the market. And there's going to be a lot of people with their jets waiting and B Hargrave looking at it going, huh? Yeah. I just, I, I had a, a career year in Philly, and there's a reason for it because I had big old Fletcher next to me, mm-hmm. and then I had Son Reddick, and I had dudes around me, and I wasn't getting double teamed and hammered and having to carry the burden. And yeah, with the rest of the pieces, I, I'm not going to enter. I, I love you, Pete. You're fun, and, and guys sure love to play out there, but. I think that's going to be a very, very hard sell. All right. So you're 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 saying no to piecing it together. You're saying no to big money in free agency. Yep. Number three, you draft Jalen Carter. He's an almost almost I don't want to say definitely, but he's very likely to be available when you pick at number five, given what happened on Friday with Carolina trading up and the way this draft is trending and the way his reputation is trending. You just look at it and say, you know, go back to what we heard from your boy, Matt Stinchcomb, who said he would draft him number one overall and that he can play up and down the defensive line, that he is essentially a perfect defensive player. And you just say this guy fits our need. And you draft Jalen Carter regardless of whatever else is available for you at number five. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that one smells better than the first two okay. because you're in control of that one, right? You have an opportunity that, that as you said, maybe this market has changed a little bit. But, boy, are you going to do your homework? 
because this is the highest pick that you have ever made in this organization with Pete and John here. And you have made a turn and you made a turn last year to make sure that you get back to those guys in that promo that we played of John Schneider's even saying to Bob and Dave a couple weeks ago, right? That it's just love, the love of the game, the burning desire to be great. And you're going to have to do so much homework, not just for one awful decision that he made that night that we already know of, where two misdemeanors were charged, where he left a scene, where you know he, he knew the, the accident and the damage that was done, and, and he left it. And just that immaturity and that poor judgment, but even so much more beyond that, that you're just trying to dig in and figure out, does this guy absolutely love football? And will he fit here and be the highest pick we mm-hmm. ever took? And he's got to be a monster. And physically, he is. Physically, he's everything that you want. But is he a monster in production? Is he a monster difference maker? Is he someone that we can build around? Those are all really large questions. All right, so there's your third option. So you can piece it together. You can go big in free agency. You can draft Jalen Carter with the number five pick. Or you can take that number 20 pick and try to turn it into somebody like Vita Vea. And I don't know if that's possible. Again, that you know, I wouldn't understand the market or what conversations John's been having over the course of the last few months to try to figure something like that out. Yeah. But would I be interested in trading the number 20 pick or one of the two second round picks for somebody like Vita Vea? And I'm just going to use him as a as a mm-hmm. placeholder, but certainly he would be a fantastic opportunity or option. Is that the best way to fix this defensive line? Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. But once again, unfortunately, if you're Todd Bowles in Tampa Bay and you're fighting for your job and you're trying to save your job and you've got few pieces and and big holes and areas, the one thing that you don't have a hole in is one of the most dominant players in the middle of your defense that makes everyone around you better. So, you know, unlike the Rams that are hemorrhaging, right, and and having to just lose their stars and trade away Jalen Ramsey for a third-round pick and everything else – The Buccaneers are not in that position. And in fact, that head coach is fighting for his job, his second crack at being a head coach. So I I don't even know if your number five pick could pull Vita Vea out of there. Hmm. So, yeah, that's uh, that's number five on this list. Did you mention the defensive line tree out in the garden? I didn't. No, I guess I didn't. Right. You can always just just, where they just grow on trees and you can just go pluck a defensive lineman from the defensive line tree. (laughs) I forgot about that. You can always just go to the D line tree and see what's uh, see see what's in season. See See what's ripe. Yeah. He regraft his O line tree. He doesn't need those anymore. So he graft in some some D linemen. So now he's just going to go on his tree in the backyard and pull off a big old D lineman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, it's it's challenging. If you watch the the XFL as closely as you you and Maura and Justin do, right? And you watch the USFL, which I know you'll be watching in 40-some days when I get to do the opening game, I think. Wow. When you're watching those things, do you know what you see a huge supply of? Receivers, DBs, safeties, nickelbacks, running backs, even linebackers. And in all of those positions, players have gone from those leagues into NFL camps, and some of them, Kevontae Turpin made the team and made the Dallas Cowboys as their kick returner. You know what you see very, very few of? Offensive and defensive linemen in those leagues that are NFL dudes. Because they just, from a supply chain standpoint, Mike, they are the most limited. They are the hardest to find. Just that you can find big bodies. You could find 6'5", 3'10", 6'4", 320. You could find at least the height and the weight. But then when you actually watch them and see them move and see if they're difference makers and see if they can actually play, they're few and far between, which is why today in less than an hour when those phone lines begin to get opened up, 
uh, the biggest and the best on that tree are going to get picked so, off right away. So when I give you that list, what what direction? If you're John Schneider, what's the what direction are you going? Yeah, it's Jalen Carter is is the one where you feel like maybe the market turn is in your advantage, right? Right, where these quarterbacks I keep coming back to that. But but I asked you earlier, and what did you say? You still want Will Anderson at number five. Oh, if I had Carter or Anderson, give me Will Anderson. All right, but then what, how are you going to fix this problem? If you want Will Anderson, Brock, mm-hmm. then what road are you going down? I'm, putting 50, pounds, I'm putting 50 pounds on Jamal Adams, making him a tackle. <laughs> You're just going to play around the ball. That's not going to work. You don't have a good answer to this. I'm telling no, you, man. Your I answer don't. is not good. I am not no, accepting your answer yet as to how the Seahawks handle the biggest problem they have. All right, I'll continue to bother Brock throughout the day. I will uh, we'll give you everything you need to know coming up here in five minutes. And then at 8.30, a debate that just went uh, very heated in the uh, during break between uh, one of our coworkers, oh yeah, things got very heated Is that what in that the was other about? room. Yeah, and it's gonna it's gonna spill over to the airwaves at eight thirty. It's Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on seven ten and the Seattle Sports app. Need to know fifteen minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. 45 minutes away from the quote-unquote legal tampering period in the NFL. What is going to go down as soon as this thing starts? Usually things come fast and furious. Couple of days, mad dash, workout deals with free agents that can officially be signed when the league year starts on Wednesday. The Seahawks have needs, needs galore. They got money to spend too, so how are they going to do this? They need edge rushers, but there's a lot available in the draft. They need linebackers, but they're not as valuable without defensive tackles. They need defensive tackles, but there aren't any. They might need a wide receiver, a guard, a center. Brock, they got stuff all over the place that they need right now. They do, and they have shown restraint in ways over the last 12 years, Mike, that at times has driven us crazy, but it has put them continually in a position to be a playoff contender. Even last year, that there was never really a teardown and a rebuild, uh, that they still find themselves in the playoffs last year because they go about business with a, is it prudent? Uh, very, very prudent in this first wave of free agency. They don't do it. They don't entertain it. They don't spend. They let others spend their money. In fact, over the last three years, 24th in the league when it comes to free agent spending and free agent dollars. And I'm going to take Pete and John at their word, man. All the way along from when this season has ended. This is what they've said about the process. This is how they're going to go about Geno's deal. This is what they're going to do. And they're going to resign their own and Belor and Phil Haynes and Jason Myers, albeit little deals. Those are still their own people and not let them get to free agency. I don't expect them to be on the phone lines, burning up the phone lines in phase one, wave one of free agency beginning today. Yeah, they never seem to. Uh, in the meantime, the division is changing. Jalen Ramsey is out. The Rams are in full rebuild mode. More on that here in the next 20 minutes. They trade him to Miami for just a third round pick and a yeah. tight end. Uh, and they do that while well, after cutting Leonard Floyd. So uh, it sure seems like it is rebuilding time in L.A. Here's the second thing you need to know. Here's the 2-1 pitch. Swung on hit hard. Break by the diving first baseman into the corner. Scoring is Cal Raleigh. Digging for two is Kelvin. Now he's going to high gear. Going to get three. Here's the throw to third. It is not in time. A triple in RBI. Triple for J.K. Jared Kelnick continues his hot hitting for the Mariners. And the Mariners have a 2-0 lead over the Rockies. Hot hitting is almost a... 
an understatement for what Kelnick's been doing. Four for his last four, bunch of RBIs in there, double, triple. He's hitting home runs. He's doing everything for these Mariners right now. You know, I should have added one other little tidbit in my Mariners takeaways from being in the building yesterday and, and around the team. And one of those old veteran coaches, former players, said this to me and, and reminded me that, you know, it's not been normal. You know, I was kind of asking him, is it, is it nice you know, to be here? Do you enjoy the month? He's like, well, for the first time in a while, you know, this actually is a month. It actually is a little bit normal between the lockout, between COVID, between everything of the last few years, Mike. And when you think about players that that most impacts, if you were to put your list together of Mariners players in that time over the last three years where disruption to process, where shortened spring trainings, where lockouts, you know, or, or you know, the shutdown with COVID would most affect a young player like Jared Kelnick would be on that list. So to actually have some normalcy, to actually have an entire spring, and now maybe even more opportunity with some of the guys out at the WBC, he is certainly capitalizing on every opportunity he gets. Sure is. In the meantime, Luis Castillo just rounding himself into form through uh, into the fourth inning yesterday. Was good, not quite great. Gave up a, a long home run on a mistake, but other than that, did have four strikeouts and looked pretty good. Roster moves this weekend as well. No huge surprises. Uh, I thought Marlowe was a guy that would at least make it late. Into I think, the but being injured process. and all that, yeah, it's not going to happen. At least not right now. Juan Ten, Justice Sheffield, a couple other guys sent down as well. So that roster is at 60. Tommy Listella played a little bit. Um, I got to tell you, I'm rooting for Cooper Hummel to take that last spot. Yep. I like what Hummel brings. I like the positional diversity. I like his bat. And I like that if he makes the team, I'm going to only refer to him as General Hummel from The Rock. Here's the third thing you need to know. Ed Harris, so good. Uh, Back-to-back games at home against first place Dallas uh, for the Kraken. Game one did not go as planned. They came back. They took a lead in the third period due to three goals from Everly, Donato, and Bjorkstrand. And then they gave up the game-tying goal with just over a minute to play. Another one in overtime. You just can't do that down the stretch. And that has been kind of a problem for them recently. So something that we'll continue to watch as they play again against Dallas tonight. And, of course, brackets are out, Brock. The brackets are out. Gonzaga is a three seed. We'll actually have uh, to, to, to wait to see who their opponent is because ASU, the Sun Devils, and Nevada will play in the play-in game. Gonzaga will match up with either of those. And then it's Northwestern or Grand Canyon in the following round. And even in the Sweet 16, if UCLA would get there, they were the two seed. If UCLA gets there, that's a much more favorable matchup than it was a month ago with some key injuries to UCLA. So I think overall, the Zags got to be pretty happy with that draw would they have loved to been where they've typically been a one or two yes but if they're a three to me that spells out or draws out pretty good pretty good opportunity for gonzaga well uh gonna get another opportunity for mike hopkins next year jen cohen athletic director of washington saying that he would get well, at least one more year to try to figure this out it has been six the first year was great None of them have been very good since, and the program has certainly waned in terms of its relevancy here locally. So am I surprised? No, because I don't know that this is a good time if you're a Pac-12 athletic I don't director think Cohen, yeah, I don't to think be looking for somebody right else, no. right? I mean, what else are you going to do? And they owe them money, et cetera. So I understand why they're doing it, but at this point, I think it's a, it's a tough sell. To a, to a fan base. Yeah, I think so. And I think, unfortunately, Mike Hopkins already has tried a lot and pulled a lot of different levers. You know, tried to bring back some of the 
former players and assistants tried to keep continuity at times, tried to go into the NIL world and, and get a free agent or two, tried to go a little bit young, has tried just about everything. And every turn here, especially over the last couple seasons, it's come up largely empty. All right, that is everything you need to know uh, quarter past every hour here on the new Brock and Salk show. Of course, a big night, Oscar night last night, Brock. Brandon Frazier winning an Oscar, which was, uh, I think, about as surprising as anything I've ever seen in my life. Mm. I, if you had told me 15 years ago that Brandon Frazier was going to win an Oscar for Best Actor, I, I think that, I mean, remember Encino in, uh, Man, right? Encino Man, Airheads, The Mummy. George of the Jungle. Right. Remember, remember in uh, Back <laughs> to the Future where he tells him Ronald Reagan is president and he's like, just laughs him out of the building, right? Yeah. Honestly, that's how I think I would have reacted if you had told me. Like, it doesn't make any huh. sense. Huh. Yeah, Geno Smith, as you said in our I email know. last night, man, it's a year of things not making sense. Right? Yeah, these guys who, who who find a way to sort of it was re- the right script, it was re- the right role, it was the right people around him. He just had to be the whale. Apparently, he was. Is that the, the name of the movie? The was whale. Was? Yeah, very. Did you well see done. it? No. Okay. I'd Are you very going f- to now? Uh, probably not. No. <laughs> you? <laughs> Are you? I kind of want to now. I had no idea what it was about until I literally saw the trailer. At the, yeah. The Oscars. Nah, I don't know. Probably not. Uh, I'll see everything everywhere all at once now. Okay. Our, our very own Brent Stecker said, eh, not for me. Okay. He tried. Yeah, I know you got to really concentrate on it, and it's very, you know, it's multiverse, right? So it's pretty confusing in terms of what's going on. Yeah. But I, I think I'll watch it. The acting looks great. The story is sort of interesting. I want to find out about the hot dog fingers and how it relates to Moore's life. And so, yeah, I'm, I would say that I'm, <laughs> I'm at least very interested in watching it and, and seeing where that goes. It didn't even cross my mind. How she did I does how not, not have that joke yet? She does not have hot dog fingers. That is messed up. <laughs> no, hot dogs are not that. long enough to, uh, to like eat. Fresh, right. <laughs> like red vines, like the really, really long ones. All right. We, Mora, though, for all of the finger jokes that we've made about Mora recently, Mora brought up a fantastic question that got at least one other member oh, of our building here uh, in our studio and yelling at us no more than 10 minutes ago. So that is next. Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710 and seattlesports.com. This, this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. The Rams are done, Brock. They've thrown in the towel. They're done for a few years. They're going to rebuild this thing. They cut just about everybody, traded just about everybody else. And I'm curious to see whether or not the few remaining names are going to try to jump ship. Does Aaron Donald want to stick around? For you know, rebuild city over the next year or two. I don't know. Maybe he does, but it seemed like he was already wondering whether or not he uh, was going to keep playing. So yeah, I'm sure the money will help. There's a lot of it coming his way, but I do uh, I do wonder a little bit where that goes next. But regardless, it brings up this question, and uh, I can even open this up eight six six nine seven nine three seven seven six. Mora was asking us this, and then kind of got into it a little bit in the uh, in the break a few minutes ago with G Scott. Which do you prefer? Do you prefer this this scenario that they've had in L.A. with the Rams where they went all in, right? They they won a Super Bowl. They went to two, and they mortgaged quite a bit of their future to make it happen, whether it was draft picks, salary cap, all of it. Mm-hmm. And now they're paying the piper for it, right? They're going to they're good. There's going to be a downturn where they're going to drop off for a couple of years, probably not as long as you would in baseball because it doesn't take that long to rebuild an NFL franchise. 
right? But they're going to drop off. They're going to trade off some of these, you know, whoever they can for to get back as many picks as they can. And they're going to cut whoever salary they can move on from in order to get their cap situation back in order. And they just had a woeful 2022. Right. I mean, they just they had a couple injuries here and there, and it was just shut down time, and it was a disastrous 2022 season yeah injuries certainly played a, a huge role in that so at this point they're toast they're going to rebuild can I, can I ask a fair question here didn't they say this about the seahawks last year is it possible that this isn't a full rebuild didn't we hear this from everybody else i uh, sure looks like it i okay. mean when you're trading away jalen ramsey and cutting leonard floyd and some of the things cutting that they're doing right. seahawks didn't really have like a fire sale right I mean, well okay. I, they got rid of russ they're trying to trade one, matt but... stafford i mean like i just don't want to jinx myself no here. i would say they are <laughs> certainly let, let's assume for the sake of this okay. conversation yep. that that's what they're doing is that a cautionary tale of what happens when you overspend or is that exactly what you should be doing would you prefer to be the Rams, to go hard at it for a couple of years, do all in everything you can possibly do, right? You're signing Odell Beckham, you're giving tra- away trading all your draft picks, trading for Von Miller, all the things they did, and getting to a couple of Super Bowls and making a legit run, and then trying to rebuild when you're done. Mm-hmm. Or do you prefer what the Seahawks have done, which is a measured approach that leads to them being in the playoffs nearly every year? but without a real significant Super Bowl hope since probably 2015. Right. Hmm. Uh, as, a, as a longtime Bengals fan, I, pre- <laughs> You'll take I prefer either. being relevant. As a longtime Bengals fan, yeah. whatever works. Yeah. Uh, no, I prefer, be- I, honestly, it's fun going into a season having some hope. And for, there are so many years where it's like, I don't know, maybe some weird miracle will happen and Roethlisberger will get hurt and something will happen. It's so much better being able to have something to root for every weekend. Yeah. At least, at least in the division, too. Like, but being at the bottom for a long time and doing the 10 year rebuild. Well, but the 10 year rebuild only happens to the Bengals. I mean, like most good organizations don't have 10 year rebuilds. They have two, maybe three years tops. I mean, you're speaking from a, you know, outlier position, right? You're speaking from a place of having been hurt by one of Mm -hmm. the worst organizations historically in the NFL. So yeah, if you're the Browns, if you're the, if you're the Bengals, if you're a few of these teams, I'm sure you're looking at it differently, but if you have competent leadership, as both the Rams and Seahawks do, mm-hmm. I don't think you're any way destined for a 10-year seller run. It's a matter of, do you want to go as big as you can and take your big hacks, or do you want to make sure you've got a shot at it every year, even if your shot isn't as great? Yeah. Yeah, and, and Mora, you put the piece together with you know a bunch of this intel and an Andrew Whitworth kind of tweet who said, "Yeah, I mean it was well worth it. This mm-hmm. is what we this won us a championship. I got to win a ring, and the window was was open there, and and now it's closed, and they're going to have to reopen it and reinvent themselves a little bit." Uh, Mora, would you lean a little more that way? Sorry, you. I was taking Mora's a phone answering call. some phone calls there, oh, so I don't know what I heard you say. Would you lean that way? But I don't know what way. Yeah, you're would you? Would you go <laughs> all in? Would you lean? <laughs> Which would you would lean? You lean? Which yeah. way are you leaning right now as you're answering the calls? Would you lean all in? Right. Uh, I. It's funny because my initial reaction was I've I've been saying like the Seahawks need to spend. They need to spend on defense. They need to stop doing this hodgepodge thing. Um, I but I wouldn't want to give up all the draft capital the Rams have given up. I would prefer that my team consistently be in the mix and not have mm-hmm. to go through this dive. It seems like they're going into, Justin said fairly, that maybe they'll be better this year. But 
uh, yeah, I think I would prefer I would prefer the consistency, but I feel like you could spend a little more. You don't have to give yeah. up all your draft capital. Like, yeah, I remember a couple of years ago, in particular, Salt, when we just similarly had a debate with the great boy Howdy, right, who was just screaming mm-hmm. to add stars. And we even heard from a head coach, Pete Carroll, and we even heard from the QB at that time, Russell Wilson, that we have to add star power. We've got to get more star players, right? I think it was after, actually, a playoff loss to those Rams after you won the NFC West. And it was like, not good enough. You know, we need we need to add difference makers, and difference makers do cost. And instead of, you know, six different guys at $3 million, let's add Jack Conklin, the, mm-hmm. the, the tackle. Let's yeah, just I would add, like to see them do more of that. Let's just add one or two just legitimate difference makers rather than five or six or seven wave two kind of middle-class guys that that you think can just fold into your system. Well, I, I've done a poor job as a host of kind of setting this up because I've asked the question rather than giving an opinion. So I'm sorry about that. I'm going to start with you, Brock, and I want your opinion. Which model is better, Rams or Seahawks? Seahawks. Seahawks is better. Seahawks is is sustained. Seahawks is brought you to the playoffs. Seahawks gives you an opportunity if and when that market is right to, to go after it and pull the trigger if and when the market is right to sign Gino to a team-friendly deal, if and when the market is right that you trade Russell Wilson and you get the number five pick in this draft that needs to be a cornerstone generational difference maker for you, that, yeah, I, I think it's prudent to have powder, Mike, to have cash on hand, to be able, when the market is appropriate, to, to go after it. I would have loved for them two, three, four years ago to, to swing bigger. When there was Jack Conklin available to you, right? When there was one or two difference makers rather than the the route they went at that time, which was volume. But mm. yeah, I, I like Pruden. I'm not a big risk taker. I don't I'm not a big heavy debt guy. I'm not a leverage for, you know, all of this. And then when the bill comes due, then we'll just have to cut and fire everybody. That that's not my I, I think the challenge for what the Seahawks are doing is that I think they're trying to shoot the moon. They what the Seahawks are trying to do is to be competitive every year and go to Super Bowls. Yeah, And I think that's a real challenge. I get that if you're able to do it, it's perfect. It's what the Patriots have done during the entirety of the Belichick-Brady you know, 20-year regime. But it's very rare to be able to do exactly what they're trying to do. I get it. You don't want to go all in on one year. You want to build something that's sustainable. That's what the Mariners are doing in baseball. Baseball is a very mm-hmm. different sport. But mm-hmm. the Mariners are trying to build something that gives them a shot at the championship every year. And in baseball, if you are a playoff contender, you are a World Series contender. That's the way the league works. In the NFL, I'm not convinced that's true. I think that unless you are a true Super Bowl contender, you're just as close to not making the playoffs as you are to being in them. And so while I understand the Seahawks plan, and I'm not necessarily here to criticize it, I'm going to disagree with you guys. I'm sorry. Opportunities to win the Super Bowl, that's why we're here. The goal is to win the Super Bowl. That's why you play the game, man. Championships, rings, parades, all the fun that comes with being in that game and then having an opportunity to win it. Oh, it's cool. We had another exciting season. You could take your exciting seasons and stuff them. I want Super Bowls, for God's sakes. I want to live in Titletown. I want to hang banners. I want guys in the ring of honor. And the fact that you guys are thinking small time says more about you than no, I'm just kidding. I, I think that there's a, I'm just joking. I think there's a lot of merit to what you guys are saying. I'm, this is not sure. a I'm right, you're wrong kind of situation, but because I think that's kind of lame. Both of these approaches are right. There is legitimate merit to both. But I'm sorry, man. When you got the opportunity to go for it, it doesn't mean you can do it every year. 
Who's going to win a Super Bowl first? The Ram- Who's closer to winning a Super Bowl right now? The Rams or the Seahawks? Seahawks. Nope. Really? Nope. Both teams are exactly at the same level. I think both teams are equally as close to winning a Super Bowl. Seahawks are a better team. They will almost undoubtedly win more games this year. They may very well be a playoff team again this year. I would be willing to tell you that they are roughly, now it depends with the number five pick. There's some other reasons. Maybe because of that pick, they're slightly ahead. But I don't think that either team is much closer to the other to winning a Super Bowl. They both have good coaches. They both have good GMs. And neither of them has a Super Bowl roster. Sorry. I like the Seahawks. I like what they're doing. This year's going to be fun. I expect them to make the playoffs. I don't expect them to win the Super Bowl this year. And neither do you. Well, it, yeah. made, it made sense last year to be a little more modest, right? Like, I, they can say they love Geno Smith all they wanted, but I don't think they thought things were going to turn out the way they did. Right. You just got, you made this big trade getting rid of Russ. Like, be a little more modest. You, you're not doing a full rebuild. You want to be competitive, but see how it goes. This year, seeing what they had and seeing all the draft capital that they have, it makes more sense to spend a little more money and go more all in, right? I, I, I 100% think you need to be all in if you're going to try to win, but you got to wait for the right moment. You've like... The L.A. struck when the iron was hot. Give them credit. They didn't just do it willy-nilly. They waited until they were good, and then they used their additional resources to get better. They added Von Miller. They added OBJ. They spent resources on the pieces they needed to make themselves even better, and it worked. They went to two Super Bowls and won one of them, and I don't know what would have happened this past year if guys hadn't all gotten hurt, but they had an epic rash of injuries. So I'm sorry, man. 866-979-3776. I'll open this up on the phone lines. 866-979-3776. I think both teams are equally the same distance away from winning a Super Bowl. And because of that, I think there's a lot of merit to what the Rams are doing and the way they've handled their business. Text from the 425 says, how has the Pruden model helped the Seahawks? I haven't had a realistic chance at the Super Bowl since 2015. Couldn't care less about one and done in the playoffs every year. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to say that, right, Brock? I mean, it's easy to say, oh, I could care less. And then the moment that that's taken away from you, you're like, geez, I kind of miss those good teams, right? I mean, you don't want to become the Browns. You don't I mean, want to become a bad I mean, it was just a couple years team. ago. They won 12 games. They won the NFC West. But they, they weren't a Super they, Bowl contender. They played terribly at home they against the Rams. They weren't a Super Bowl contender. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. Aren't you? No. No. I. I, I think I, I if disagree with you, man. Well, I think when you host a, uh, you win your division, you host a playoff game, you put yourself in a position to be, you know, sixty minutes away here or there. For from- most of that season, they had a historically bad defense. Historically bad. One of the worst we've ever seen in our time watching the NFL. Yep. That was that's that's a team that made the playoffs. You're right. They went twelve and four. Historically bad defense. They were going to win the Super Bowl. Come on, man. 866-979-3776. Let me go. Line one. Tom is in Oak Harbor. Good morning, Tom. You're on Brock and Salk. Hey, good morning, guys. How you guys doing? Awesome. What do you want, Tom? All in or prudent? What? Well, Amora is a tough cookie. You know, I wanted to stay on the fence, but she wouldn't allow me to do it. So, so far, the callers are kind um, of doing that. I'm like, you got to pick one. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go the sock angle if you can guarantee that when you go all in, you get to the Super Bowl. Nobody can guarantee that. that. Nobody can guarantee. There's no guarantees in life. So, Salk, here's exactly. So here's here's Salk's route. He wants Jalen Carter at five and wants to spend ninety million on Javon Hargrave. If you want to go all in and you want to fix it, so I don't want to put words. Well, in I don't your know mouth. whether you're in that position this year, Brock. But philosophically, I'd like to be able to build to that spot. Well, that would be that would I'd be like- the. 
that would be the all in for this year. If if we're if we're going to go down this exercise, the all in for this year would be. But that's not what I'm saying, Brock. That that okay. you can't. Not every team can go all in every year. You you have to be at the right spot. The Rams. Are, okay. So the, the Rams are, didn't start off by going the all in. They at the built right, it up. Are the Seahawks no. at the right spot right now? No, they need more talent on their team. They need to build up closer to a championship roster in order to get there. Now. You could, if if you wanted to be all in, what would be the definition of being all in on trying to get to a Super Bowl? It would be identifying the quarterback that you think is the absolute best and doing whatever you have to do to get him. That would be all in. If it meant being the one to trade up and with Carolina now to the number one overall pick in order to get Bryce Young, it's that. If it's C.J. Stroud or if it's Richardson, it's trading up to the two pick, the three pick, the four pick, wherever you need to go in order to get him. If if that's who you are, and you and and again, I don't know who they've identified, but if John Schneider identifies one of those guys and says that's my Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, it that's being all in. It's making sure you've got a guy that's going to win you a Super Bowl. That's that's all in, Brock. Okay, but so so you don't buy John and Pete necessarily when you ask them, can you win a Super Bowl with Geno Smith? And in they the say next def- two years, and they say definitively yes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Be- I don't agree with them. I believe that they believe it. I'm okay. not calling them liars. Instead I just of me don't talking agree. over a caller and being a bad host, yeah. can we take another caller and I'll shut up this time? All right. Eight six six nine seven nine three seven seven six. Scott is up in Ferndale. What's going on, Scott? Good morning. Good morning. I'm definitely uh, uh, all in guy. I think pretty binary when it comes to my sports teams. Either you're winning at all, or you didn't. You know, you're not good enough. So definitely have to go all in. But I completely agree with what Salt just said that. You, it's not a it's not a blind shooting at a target that does you know that if you're if you're not there you're not there. I think the Seahawks have made a couple major mistakes like that, mm-hmm. trading you know trading two first round picks for a safety that didn't make your team a Super Bowl team was a mistake. Yep. And th- those are the sorts of decisions that have to be governed by um, okay. by that that okay, thing. Okay, Scott. The, so the other, so, the other side. So- yeah, I said I wasn't going to talk over you. I know, but I want to. I want to get it specific. So I want to get specific, then Scott, to right now. If you're binary with your sports team, tell me how right now, the day they can make a phone call in 13 minutes, they can start in the tampering period. Tell me right now in this world how you, who wants all in, who you is very binary about your teams, what you want these Seahawks to do today, this week, and in the weeks ahead. Uh, my first thing would be draft Carter. Uh, I think he's the best player in the draft, and obviously you have to do some some checking on on on, on his uh, on you know his his character. But if if Carter's if Carter's available when you draft, I think that's your biggest thing. It's the it's a tra- transformational player at a key spot. Um, without knowing the cap situation, I'd be calling on Aaron Donald and seeing what they were willing to do with him. I don't know how much of the cap hit that he has going forward into 2025. If you're all in, you don't care to be carried by, right. If you're all well, in, you don't you do. care, right. If, if you're all in, well, no. move those numbers around. Yeah. You're just saying, Hey, I'm willing to sacrifice future cap. I'm willing to sacrifice future draft picks. I don't think they're at that position right now to be able to do that, Brock. So I think you, the goal one is to get yourself into that position. Okay. So then what do you need to do this off season to get yourself then into that off season? You either, <laughs> I don't. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to do that. Thank you, Scott, for the phone call. You, I like that. You either need to build up this defense and make it great again, or you need to find one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. That's the goal for this offseason. Do one of those two things. 
Well, the clock is ticking. That's the beauty and just the curse of the NFL, man. The, the, the clock ticks, and it ticks really fast because mm-hmm. you know what happens? Uh, because I'm sure it, down there at the old BMAC, they're screaming at the radio, listen, what we have is we have a couple elite young offensive tackles. Yep. People don't have that. What we have are some elite young people in our secondary. Other people don't have that. We do. We have an elite young running back. We have two wide receivers that aren't getting any younger, especially Tyler Lockett. Right? I mean, th- this is the league. This is why it's so demanding, why it is so difficult, why the turnover is so great in management and in coaching staffs because there is no pause. There's no time. There's no three-year plan. I, I mean, that, that's where I kind of cut between these two, Salk, where, hey, I totally get it. Go for it. Move these numbers around. Take on a little bit of debt because this thing moves so fast that you don't have two, three years to build a program. You have right here and right now. Is that Van Halen right here, right mm-hmm. now? Yeah, right here, right now. You have Van Halen, and so you got to go capture that, and, and you got to go after it. They felt like Mike Geno Smith was certainly their guy and gave him $27 million guaranteed dollars, right? $29 million guaranteed dollars because they believe that he's good enough to get them to a Super Bowl if they can find a couple pieces defensively. And to me, if you add Leonard Floyd, if you add Jalen Carter, and you add a, another defensive tackle in free agency, have you done enough? And you add a linebacker, and you draft a, a linebacker in the second round? Like, win a Super Bowl? Yeah. Probably not. Okay. Probably not. You got a lot closer. And sure, you're, you're a better way, team. You're way ahead of Arizona, yeah, and you're way ahead of the Rams. Absolutely. And you're way ahead of many people in the NFC. But NMC. I don't know if you're ahead of the Niners. I don't know if you're ahead of the Chiefs. I don't know if you're ahead of the Bills. I don't know if you're ahead of the... Uh, of even the Bengals. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't, I'm not, I don't believe that. I, I think that the goal is to win Super Bowls. Yeah, you can make yourself better. And by the way, that's a really good offseason. I'm, I'm not criticizing them for that offseason, but it also means that next year you're probably drafting and looking for the quarterback that's going to actually put you over the top. Mm-hmm. And I don't say that in disrespect to Geno Smith. I'm not telling you he's not a good quarterback, and I love the deal they made. If he was an even better quarterback, he wouldn't have taken the deal that he did. And you know what's going to happen next year. There's going to be two, three, four guys, just like this year. Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, especially Richardson, he came out of nowhere. It could be the number one pick in this draft. And next year, the kid out of USC and Drake May out of North Carolina are already Bryce Young and Mm C.J. Stroud. So you know inevitably there's going to be another couple guys that that, that grow and emerge over the course of the college football season, as there seemingly is every single year. So, yeah, maybe this is the year you do swing, and this is the year you do draft Jalen Carter and you take a risk, and this is the year you do add Leonard Floyd, and this is the year you do add Zach Allen, and this is the year you do add Levante David, and then you draft a linebacker and you draft another pass rusher in the second round. Like, you know, you start to put those pieces together, you close that gap pretty significantly pretty quickly. 866-979-3776. See if I can grab one more call here before we move on. Uh, Bills and Yelm, good morning, Bill. Good morning. And uh, that was U2 right here right now, not Van Halen. Wrong song. Anyway. My bad. um, Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm on the uh, prudent bandwagon, and it just comes to mind that, um, I don't know, maybe – Maybe about 15, 20 years ago, the Philadelphia Eagles tried to assemble a dream team. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much money they spent, but that just, if I recall right, that fell flat on its face. Sure did. And yep. yeah. And so, you know, what do you do then? I mean, you got, you got all these superstars, you know, all in the same room and, and it didn't work. 
and um, but you just Bill, you just played it. You just, but Bill, you just watched the Rams do it. I mean, you just watched the Rams assemble a dream team with Von Miller and Cooper Cup and trade for Matthew Stafford and trade for Jalen Ramsey and and they just won a Super Bowl two years ago. So yeah, I mean, yeah, you, no, you, I, I guess on both sides. I, I I have, but but the, you know, the difference in, is though, bro, uh, you know, rooted here in the in Seahawksville. Yep. Uh, go ahead. No, you go ahead, Bill. No, oh, go, you know, be, being up here, I've, I've seen how John and Pete have assembled teams, and um, it, it seems that formula is is pretty consistent. And and I I always like to be hopeful. Um, you know, I, I mean, I would be more hopeful if we did have like a dream team, but you know, if it falls flat on its face, and it's like. You know, despair yeah, for yeah, how many I, I, years. I'll jump in here, and we're going to talk to Shannon Dreyer in a minute and switch gears. One, uh, right here, right now, is Jesus Jones. Yeah, right now is right now Van, is Van Halen. Halen. So let's oh, let's wow. just get that straight. <laughs> wow. Right here, right now, is Jesus Jones. Right now is right Van Halen. Here, right 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 exactly. I couldn't focus on that. That's Jesus Jones. Yes. That is Jesus Jones, Brock. That's Jesus Jones? That is Jesus Jones, for sure. Yes. Absolutely. Right. Good to know. Appreciate Van Halen that, is right, right now. Right now. It means everything. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Snow tomorrow. Two, the Eagles tried to assemble a dream team overnight with free agency. Doesn't right. work. No one's talking about that. That's different from what the Rams did, which was over time yeah. building up a team and turning it into a superpower by being willing to take those chances and sacrificing their future in order to do it. Yep. That is very different from saying I'm going to build a dream team through free agency. True. True. So, I, you know, just look, I don't know what the Seahawks are going to do, and I don't know exactly how it will end up going down this year, but before everyone kills the Rams, going to Super Bowl is pretty good. Yep. That's the goal. And sometimes you need to commit some resources that you don't want to commit in order to do it. And the Mariners, by the way, there's a similar conversation. We've had it throughout this offseason. I think I feel a little bit differently in baseball because I still think they're in the building phase. And I think that they're trying to build something sustainable. But eventually, eventually they're going to be in the same spot that the Seahawks are in right now. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have the exact same conversation about I guess- them. Yeah, I know we got to run, and Shannon's going to be here in just a second. I guess you know the word that keeps pounding in my head through that entire twenty-five minutes is homegrown, homegrown, mm-hmm. homegrown. That's what Pete and John really believe in. Homegrown. Take care of your homegrown. Nobody knows, you know, your the guys like you do in your own building, even when you draft them. Right? That's if fine, you, but get them right, <laughs> and, yep. and get some players that are get that you're right. swinging for the fences on. Right here, right now. Get them right now. Yes. Yeah. Get them right now. Not not then. Look right now. Right now! <laughs> it's everything, Brock. Shannon Dreyer will join us next. In fact, almost right now from Peoria, Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710 Salesports.com.